there, you Awakening Wonders. Over the month of September, I'm doing a handful of live shows that are a combination of spirituality, breath work, individual awakening, community building, and challenging authority. How do you bring down the system while bringing up children? How do you try to bring down Bear Grylls while you're on Running Wild with Bear Grylls? And Bear Grylls is much better at that stuff than you. How do we find new ways of challenging authority while trying to live normal lives? So I'll be doing stand-up, breathwork, meditation, as well as conducting polls and votes because I believe democracy works. Are you happy with your current government? No. With you live in theatres like Hayes on the 12th of September, that's a little intimate London gig. I'm at Wembley Park Theatre on the 16th of September, Windsor on the 19th of September, Plymouth on the 22nd, and Wolverhampton on the 28th. To get tickets, go to russellbrand.com forward slash live. That's russellbrand.com forward slash live. The link is in the description. Stay free. Hello there, you Awakening Wonders. Thanks for joining us on Stay Free with Russell Brand. For the first 15 minutes, we will be available with all of you on YouTube. Those of you that come here for truth. Those of you that come here for hope. Those of you who come here because you want to be part of a movement. You don't want to participate in the entropy and despair of a culture that's devouring itself. A legacy media that's lost its way. That wants to do nothing but annihilate and destroy. That's lost its vision. That's lost the light of the Lord. That looks to you. That looks to me that looks to us collectively to bring about a new order, a new awakening. And when I say new order, I don't mean some new global order of centralised authority and power. I mean decentralised power. I mean a little old thing called democracy where you have the power to control your own life, where you are free. Your freedom isn't criminalised. That's one of the stories we're going to be talking about. Surveillance is on the up. They're tracking your DNA. They are criminalising all of us. Even Gareth Roy. No. One of the least criminal people I've ever had the good fortune to me. We're going to be talking about Trump's potential assassination, hyperbole or possibility. Let me know in the comments guys, do you think it's a real possibility? If you're watching us on Rumble right now, why don't you press the red button and join us in the locals chat like Blessed Old Bird and Thomas Beard and Taz Being and Jim Earthsea. They're chatting away in there, they're expressing their free speech and later we'll have Freach where your freedom of speech will be broadcast live. We've got a fantastic guest on the show as well, Barry Weiss, one of the great Twitter file journalists or X-Files That's the wrong music that's a twilight zone. You do Doctor Who then, weren't you? Barry Weiss, we've chatted to her before the show. She is ready to rock. She's even sorted out the height of her chair. She's perfectly framed. She's ready to go. There's going to be fantastic revelations. We're going to be talking about Oliver Anthony. Why is it that he's become the scourge of the left? Why has he become a problem to talk up for ordinary people? He's so goddamn catchy, that's why. He's so bloody catchy. He's got, I'd just like to curl up in that beard, wouldn't you? I'd like to, I'd like to lay my eggs in that ginger nest wouldn't you oh yes wouldn't you hey if you happen to be in the uk i'm doing five very intimate shows in september there's a link in the description tells you where to come there's one in london even you'll love it and wolverhampton plymouth there's a bunch of places but anyway i don't get bogged down and all that we've got a lot to talk about once we leave youtube and we're exclusively on rumble we're going to be telling you a thing or two about the swedes there's more to sweden than volvo saunas and abba because it turns out that their approach to the pandemic has led to fewer deaths. Now, isn't that astonishing? Because wasn't their approach, do nothing? 
It was something akin to that. What we could do is lock everyone in their house, make sure people wear masks, they stand these distances apart, they take all of these injections. What about if, you know, we just let people do what they like? That won't work, you mad idiots. Mm. Waterloo! <laughs> like, um, I, what I say is, uh, we'll look at that, but obviously with the WHO having the power that they have over the guidelines on YouTube, and I love you 6.5 million awakening wonders, I love you and you feel that love. You know this is not the dumb, hollow, empty communications that you get from the mainstream. You know we're moving to a greater frequency you know that it's our job to fuse spirituality with politics and new inclusive spirituality that looks for alliances rather than new forms of destruction, that sees past their mainstream lies, that notices and understands their agenda and moves immediately beyond it. We're going to have to do that stuff, though, in the other place, in the land of rumble, where we are free to be whoever we are, united in our free speech to come together, not to drive people apart. Let's have a look at a lovely little story on Fox News now, like, now steal yourselves because this is about a person having an accident on an aeroplane, mm. as I understand. Now we've all made mistakes on aeroplanes. I was well, asked you to certainly leave. Have. I, yes, I was asked to leave one once. Mm. They threw me off it. It was still on the tarmac, fortunately. So it wasn't for the same reason, was it? Actually, sort of. No, it wasn't because this is about. Have you heard this story about the diarrhea on an aeroplane? Mm, that's right. We've had snakes on a plane. Now we've got SHIT up a plane, you dirty pigs. Let's have a look at the mainstream reporting on this. Talk about an uncomfortable flight. So here's what went down, y'all. A Delta flight was going from Atlanta to. Firstly, I like her new style. Yeah. Don't because she's calling you y'all on the news. Do you like that, America? Is that the sort of thing you like on Labor Day? I like it to be mm. called y'all. Because, like, in England, on the news, they don't go, all right, mate, um, news coming up. They talk to you firstly like you're a moron and that you're very lucky to be getting this. Hello, this is England. Here's some news. Sit down, shut up, have a cup of tea. And if you still have a genital, snip it off and leave it outside. We'll drive it away in a lorry, ya wanker. Which isn't a swear word in some nations. Interesting. Y'all. Barcelona, when all of a sudden a passenger got what I like to call the bubble guts. Crew members called it an onboard medical issue. Bubble guts. Mm. Which was reportedly a case of, quote, that's them connecting the world at Delta, is it? Yeah, I like the idea that these are the people that caused it. <laughs> All of them. We had got bubble guts, y'all! <laughs> this little gang of bubble guts. So, Every single one of them. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I don't know who started it. It was the fella over on the right, but we shook hands. We should have been keeping some social distance. It's all up the plane. Diarrhea all the way through the plane. Imagine that. Well, now the past... All, all the way through. I don't know how much... Like, What constitutes... like If someone has diarrhea in a plane, it's going to ruin their seat yeah. and their aisle. And if you're in coach, the aisle behind and aisle front in front of it. I'd say it's a free aisle issue. Yes. All up the plane, that means they've tried to go to the toilet. Yes. It's gone wrong. And imagine the dreadful panic of being in a fuselage. <laughs> the indignity of that. Oh, excuse me. Oh, no, it's gone wrong. Don't tell my wife. It's again, yeah, that's a really humiliating thing mm. down that aisle. Yeah, running up and down, scuttling up and down that aisle. Scuttling and oh. sprinkling as you go. Oh, trouser dear. legs. Oh, the trouser legs, The yeah. trouser legs making its way down. Now, how would you feel towards that person? Would you be a good Christian or a good Muslim or whatever your thing is and go, oh, you know, I welcome thee? No. Or, oh, you're a bit more like, you are a pariah. <laughs> Get out of our community. Like that. Yeah. Move them. You'd send them. What would you do if they were in first? You'd send them right back to the economy, wouldn't you? First things first. <laughs> it's economy for you. Uh, no, I'd say rubber bands around the ankles okay. or bicycle clips. Get them sealed up, mm. I'd say, like yeah. trunk. Then it's a sick bag taped over the offending orifice. Who's doing that job? 
I'd say that's got to be the co-pilot <laughs> because the pilot, you need him to concentrate. Sure, okay. Don't you? Mm. But this is a vet's roll situation. This is where you want everyone on the plane mobilised towards this real and present dirty <laughs> threat. Danger. <laughs> uh, we're about two hours into the flight um, when they had to turn around the whole plane and just go on back home. In a recording, the pilot told air traffic control this was a biohazard issue. Biohazard is slightly grandiose. Mm. I, what I feel like is... Doesn't it show the hubris of our kind that since the Wright brothers, we have conquered the air? <laughs> but all it takes is one person with a dodgy belly and the two bob bits and the squirts, and suddenly aeroplanes are being brought down. It sort of shows you the fragility of civilization mm. and the hubris of our kind. Civilization lays upon the planet, and by the mighty winds of God, or a passenger, it could be coughed off into brown oblivion. Do you think that's what got Prigozhin last week? Prigozhin, uh, like, oh no, Putin, he's got me by the short and dirty. Oh, it's game over. Night, night. It's the brown terror. Goodbye. I've got myself the bubble guts. Negative. It's just a, a biohazard issue. I, you know, we've had a passenger who had diarrhea all the way through the airplane, so they wanted to come back to him. All the way through yeah. the aeroplane. Now, I, at this point, think there's some personal responsibility on behalf of the passenger. Mm. You just can't go marching up and down the aisles no. like that. It should be confined. It's almost like they enjoyed it at this point. Like this it was is... a dirty protest. Now, I don't know where that coronavirus came from, but you should have been able to contain it in the <laughs> Wuhan lab or wet market. Could be either mm. area. You don't want people skiddily skidding out of the labs and out of the wet markets, running down the back caves, running down the town, getting in the airplanes. What you've got yourself there is a super spreader event. <laughs> that is a super spreader event right there. A one person super spreader. Dirty devils. Stay free with Russell Brand. See it first on Rumble. If you've come here for truth, you will not be disappointed because we are being joined now by a fantastic, epochal and significant journalist, Barry Weiss, founder of The Free Press and The Honestly Podcast is joining us. Now, Barry, you're here because you're doing this. Uh, uh, hello, mate. You look nice. Nice to see you, mate. Nice to see you, too. I don't know how I'm going to follow fecal matter on planes and underwear swag, but I'm going to do my best. Pretty easy, I would have thought. Just put the two together and you've got yourself a hell of a podcast. Uh, <laughs> Barry, mate, first of all, why don't we say we get it done? Why don't we talk about your debate on uh, has the sexual revolution failed? Who's participating in that? Where is it taking place? It sounds brilliant. I love you for letting me plug this. September 13th in LA at the Ace Theater, downtown, 7 p.m. We have an unbelievable lineup. The proposition is, has the sexual revolution failed? We have Sarah Hader and Grimes facing off against Louise Perry, coming over from the UK, and Anna Katchian, one of the co-hosts of Red Scare. The event is going to be opened by none other than feminist icon and hashtag ally Tim Dillon. It's going to be a blast for anyone in LA. We'd love to see you there. Post the link in the description. That sounds like a fantastic debate. I think we could all be better educated on that topic. It sounds like you've put together an incredible roster of people. And who knows may show up. I we've played that, Ace Theatre Gal. Yeah. I can remember doing shows there in Los Angeles. Lovely little venue. If you are in LA at that time, go along, join it, educate yourself. And like I think very, what this is this is important. Like, you know, we recorded our conversation with Sam Harris the other day and we saw many, many issues quite distinctly and often opposingly. And it was, I would say, valuable, I hope, for both of us to have that conversation. I certainly enjoy speaking to people that I disagree with, but also people like you who I broadly do agree with, Barry. Yeah, I mean one of the reasons we started the free press was because we had the we had a question and that question was 
do Americans still want real journalism? Do Americans and people beyond America, do people in the West, is the English speaking world still want lively, honest, fair, sober, provocative debate? Or do they just want the sort of pre-masticated ideological mush that those of us who left the mainstream were being asked to produce. And the answer has come back to us over the past two years as a resounding yes. So we're super excited to put on our first live debate, and we hope it's going to be uh, the first in sort of a national series of debates about urgent conversations, the kind of conversations that people have in private, uh, but often are too scared to have out loud and in public. That's what we're about super excited well done what fantastic service you're doing uh, that pre-masticated mush of the mainstream i'm sick of sw- swallowing down that swill i should rather lick the corridor of a delta plane than <laughs> devour that mainstream mush now uh, barry can i ask you mate um what do you think about tucker's claim about uh the potential for trump to be assassinated hyperbole ludicrousness and how does it compare to maddow's claim that trump would declare himself dictator to life are both sides let's call it that guilty of uh, a hollow rhetoric or do you think there's more veracity in one of those claims than others i think that it's hyperbolic i think it's actually emblematic of the entire sort of media landscape we're living in in which you know it feels often to many of us like you have the choice you have the choice to listen to someone who's talking about the president or the former president getting assassinated or you have the choice to listen to someone who's suggesting that we live in a dictatorship i think One of the reasons for the rise of independent media is because people are sick of those being their only options. Um, People are sick of a media that polarizes us further, that makes us more hysterical, more panicked, more fearful, more isolated, more lonely. And they're looking for something different. And I think one of the reasons for the rise of independent podcasting for the kind of Wild West, you know, Cambrian explosion we're living through to mix like five metaphors. Sorry, it's early here um, is is because of that. So I, I saw both of those comments and I kind of rolled my eyes and and went back to doing my actual work, to be honest with you. I'm not sure what you thought of those comments. Certainly a lot of people really value the important work you're doing. Ashella in our chat, mate, uh, over on Locals, if you want to join us in Locals, not you, Barry, you've got work to do. You've got a bloody debate to put on by everyone else. Like, press the red button and join us in Locals. Ashella asks, Russ, ask Barry if she still backs RFK Jr. for president. And just to answer your question to me, yes, of course, I think both uh, st- uh, statements are somewhat hyperbolic, but uh, presidents have been assassinated before. I think Tucker is an excellent orator and built his arguments beautiful in the same conversation when he talked about the potential for the Cold War and the proxy current proxy war to become a hot war. I think he walked us through that in a way that's very identifiable, easy, conversational and in a sense uh, shows you like the almost the molecular structure of his ability and the reason he's become so successful. He can walk you through an argument even if it's an argument you wouldn't receive elsewhere. And when I saw Maddow, I thought that what irritates me is the pose of rationalism accompanied by hysterical messaging. That's what sort of irritated me about that. But um, Ashella's question to you, mate, is, is do you still back RFK Jr.? And it does relate to the, the other stuff, really, because he's a person who's galvanizing this space. Right. Um, Ashella, thanks for the question. I don't back any. I'm a journalist. I don't publicly come out in support of anyone for president. I'm extremely interested in what RFK has to say. I was really happy to have him on my podcast. He's one of nine presidential candidates that have so far been on. Honestly, we're hoping to get 
all of them um, and have had interesting conversations with people like RFK, like Vivek, like Chris Christie, like Nikki Haley, Tim Scott. All these people have been on. Honestly, we want to put together a presidential debate, actually, with some of them, which we think could be incredibly interesting. Um, but I haven't endorsed him. I haven't endorsed anyone for president. Am I happy to see people trying to challenge Joe Biden and Donald Trump, uh, neither of whom I think, uh, neither of whom most people I know or would be excited to vote for? And the answer to that is absolutely yes. What I'm interested in is the phenomenon of these people. How is it that someone like RFK, how is it like someone like Vivek Ramaswamy, who's I think 38 years old, how are these people sort of coming out, political neophytes, never having run for office and garnering the kind of support they're getting? You can say it's because of the ideas they're putting forward or you could also say that it's because of how frustrated Americans are with these terrible choices, choices that I think many of us are shocked that we're actually going to be in this same scenario yet again in 2024. So I'm very interested in, in these people that are popping up and can continue to host, I think, challenging and fair conversations with all of them. Barry, at the moment that you participated in the Twitter file revelations, it seemed like that platform was significantly changed perhaps forever with Elon's acquisition. But now with the name changed to X and the emergence of peculiar phrases like lawful but awful content. And similarly, with I feel like YouTube appalled a Jordan Peterson RFK video. Do you feel that we're seeing a new um, mutation or a new variant of censorship? emerging? Look, I think that we're living like the, one of the big themes of our era, like of our epoch is the question of what do we do given the fact that the town square has been digitized? What do we do about the fact that the town square is not a place that you go to, a place paid by citizens, by taxpayers, but are private companies run by a handful of billionaires, right? What is the town square? The town square is Twitter. The town square is YouTube. The town square is Facebook. The town square is Amazon. The town square is certainly Google, which I think has something like 90% market share. And what do you do about the fact that these places are controlled by a handful of private citizens who are redefining what violence is, who are redefining what acceptable speech is? The question is not should there or should there not be guardrails, right? There's, there's always going to be guardrails on any of these platforms. But the question is, what is constituting hateful speech and what is sort of normal or controversial speech that's being redefined as hate speech is, for example, talking about the lab leak at the height of COVID. Should that be constituted as hate speech? Should that be banned? That's what happened on Twitter. In the case of Jordan Peterson, I believe that the video that was banned is a video of a conversation that he had with the Irish journalist Helen Joyce questioning whether or not children can consent to lifelong medical changes with gender transition. Should that be an open conversation we're able to have in public or not? That is really the question. I think often what's the caricature of it is that the left is saying the right doesn't want any guardrails at all. And the right is saying any guardrails are horrific censorship. And the question has always been and remains today, were the guardrails and is the thing that so many of us sort of on whatever you want to call us, the true liberals or the dissonant liberals, I think the thing that we're reacting to is not that we want to be on 
platforms that are overrun by Nazis and marijuana ads, which is like all I'm getting served these days on on Twitter or now X. But should we be able to have open conversations about things like public health, about biology, about politics? That is the real question. And I think it remains to be seen whether or not under Elon Musk's Twitter um, or X, as I know we're supposed to call it now, and the Twitter files have become the X files, whether or not that's going to be the case. Um, and it's and it's an open question, because in the very same way that a handful of people ran it, well, now it's just a different handful of people with different political biases and different potential power trips. And I think anyone who has learned anything over the past decade or so, as we've seen the rise of big tech, should always be skeptical when so much power has is in the hands of so few people. Yes, it seems that you're, what you're proposing, or at least ruminating on, is the potential for a kind of consensual regulation that is democratic. And in a way, that's what I'm appealing for, examining, praying for across many of our institutions, the possibility for a new type of consensual governance, uh, democracy, I think is another word for it, like the way that you feel that you have right. some purchase, some ability to communicate rather than you know, top down government that appears to have been co-opted by financial corporate interests and that use the ideology simply as leverage to curb and control debate and conversation well like the the beauty of this country is that you know the the is that when we go to that physical town square we have the bill of rights we have the constitution we have the first amendment when we go into this new digital town square we have none of those things and the question is like how can we have a sort of political and cultural software update to meet the technological update that we've already lived through that is the big challenge, I think, of the next decade. And, you know, the high school answer, of course, is they're private companies. They can do whatever they want. And the people that are making that argument, of course, are people that would never say that about something like big tobacco, which makes you wonder, like, what their actual principle is. Right. Oh. The, the more challenging answer is, you know, are they actually something more like public utilities? Should they be regulated like the railroad has been, like the electric like the electricity company is, right? We don't cut someone off of their ability to get on Amtrak or their ability to turn on their lights because they believe in QAnon, but we might unperson them on the internet because of that. And so that is the big challenge. We've lived through this, we are living through this technological revolution, but we don't yet have the political, the social, or the cultural updates to meet that technological change what that change is going to look like, what the regulation should look like, what the relationship between individual people with individual rights should be to these big tech behemoths. That, to me, is one of the most urgent questions of our day. And I think that, you know, if you're interested in democracy, if you're interested in free speech, if you're interested in individual dignity, really, those are the questions you have to be asking yourself. Is Barry right about those questions? Let me know in the chat. Press the red button. Join us over there on Locals. Become an Awakened Wonder. The first thousand of you get Awakened Wonder Pants, as Dean NJ is calling them in the chat. Awakened Wonder Pants, guaranteed to keep you safe and dignified on Delta or anywhere. Now, you can't stop these subcutaneous energetic forces rising up, whether it's 
Delta diarrhea or the phenomena of Oliver Anthony emerging into cyberspace, a hirsute and auburn wonder, piping and stringing and strumming new rhythms into the world. What do you make of the Oliver Anthony phenomenon? Do you think he's another example of the left looking for traitors and the right looking for converts? How are you seeing this uh, subject treated and what are your views on it, mate? I'm speechless by your ability to connect diarrhea on the airplane to Oliver Anthony, but there we go. Russell Brand, one in a million. Look, I think Oliver Anthony, think about the lyrics that he's singing. He sings about the sort of, they're unnamed as sort of the elites or big tech, but he says they just want to have total control. They want to know what you do. He talks about living in a new world with an old soul. It's exactly what we've been talking about. How did this 31-year-old emerge from the woods of Virginia to capture the nation and beyond beyond the nation. I added this song to it. Well, first of all, it's just that the song is good. It's an unbelievable earworm and it's completely authentic and you feel that from him. But I think the deeper reason is that he is speaking to themes that are so resonant with so many people in this country, right? It's it's a it's a working class anthem. And it's, you know, think about think about old Bruce Springsteen songs, oh, right? Wow. That's that's what he's doing here. Now, the thing that is like tragic and emblematic of our current moment is that immediately when that song comes out, he's taken up as sort of a saint by the political right that thinks he's on their side. And he's in turn vilified by the left. There were some unbelievable stories in places like NPR and Rolling Stone trying to demonize him. And then he sits down with Rupa Sabarmanya, who works for the Free Press, the night of the first RNC debate, she flew from Ottawa to Virginia to go to his concert and see if she would talk to her. And he graciously did. She got the first and I think the best interview. Wow, and what well he, done. And what he said was, it's so strange to me. It's baffling to me that I'm sort of being taken up as this totem. My song was not just about the left. My song was equally about the right that has gotten us into useless wars. If you'll remember, the first question, Russell, the night of that RNC debate was just a clip of him singing. And then the moderators asked Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, why does this song have so much resonance? Right. The assumption sort of being that it was a sort of cultural anthem of the political right. And here's Oliver Anthony saying, no, 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 you're not getting it. You guys aren't getting it. What this is about is a cultural class, the elite class that is deeply out of touch with people like me, people like Oliver Anthony, who worked the overnight shift in a paper mill for $14 an hour. It's about the fact that there's been no accountability. It's about the fact that there's been no sort of comeuppance for these people that have gotten so many things wrong. And what's his answer? His answer is just, and I urge people to read the piece. It's, it's a deeply humane one. It's about the fact that looking to politicians for our salvation, our salvation's never going to come from people in Washington, or as he puts it, rich men north of Richmond. It's going to come, as he says, from us putting down our phones and starting to talk to one another again. Oh, my God. He's ginger Jesus. I love him. Let's get Oliver Anthony on the show, James. You're reaching out to him. Take me to Appalachia. Like Barry Weiss's colleagues there are free press. I'm going to climb me them mountains. Get me some dungarees and some snow boots. I don't know what they do in Appalachia. I want to meet that man. I'm really... <laughs> I don't know what... I'm in England. Uh, like, yeah, I'd really... Yeah, that's pretty fascinating, that. Do you know what I'm minded to uh, at least uh, recount, recite, to tell you, Barry, is that for a while, 
while I'm feeling that the problem with the left is that they became, they abandoned ordinary working people. They actually don't like ordinary working people. So I have to find ways to vilify them. Your views are not progressive enough. You ain't advanced. And then like, in, in a sense, you can see in Oliver, Oliver Anthony phenomena, the a sort of a trend that's been prevailing since uh, the, the Democrats under Clinton and the Labour Party under Tony Blair abandoned ordinary working people. They had to justify it by saying ordinary working people needed to change. The problem's not that we don't care anymore about representing the interests of ordinary Americans or ordinary Brits against the elites and the establishment and, and corporatized state institutions. The problem is that ordinary Americans and ordinary Brits are somehow disgusting and racist. They vote for Brexit. They vote for Trump without looking at what conditions people are enduring. And, the, 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 and I suppose that the, the, there is mitigation against the charge that these bourgeois elites are uncaring by saying, well, we do care about these marginal minority issues. Look, we really care about them, unlike working people, which I think is erroneous and false and which I actually in practice, in policy, in behaviour, in conduct, I don't see a great deal of compassion. I don't see a great deal of advance for even the people that they so um, demonstrably and audibly claim to support. Do you think that there's something of, of that about all this, mate? Yeah, I think that there's an obsession on identity as a distraction from focusing on class. And I think that if you look at the demonization of someone whose message is so obviously authentic and obviously true of his experience, writing him off as sort of like, you know, this avatar of cisgendered male patriarchal race, it's ridiculous. And in a way that this was a really good case study because anyone with eyes and ears could hear that this person was singing from such a true place about such a real phenomenon and and in the weeks since he's sort of had this overnight unbelievable fame he's been offered incredible deals and you know and he's sort of resisting all of it and saying no i want to stay true to myself and i don't want to lose myself and lose my message by getting swept up in the very thing i'm trying to criticize he's a really oh interesting figure. I think Rogan had him on a few days ago, but you guys should definitely have him on. Get him on. Get him on. Drag him down by his ginger bit. We'll go there to the mountains if we have to. I'll go to that paper mill. I'll do a shift. I'm going to need 30 or $40 an hour. But I will go to that bloody paper mill. I can't do a whole night shift. No. Not with my with my hands. No. It wouldn't work. I think um, of the paper cuts. Oh, they'd sting like hell. Do they provide gloves and masks and social distancing? If they provide that, I'm in. Hey, guys, uh, you can go. Can I, I, go on, yeah, Barry. No, well, I just I think it also speaks to something that that I'm really interested in, which is like, where is the real mainstream? You know, yeah, in minutes I was listening to to you guys talk. You're like, this is what the mainstream says. This is what the mainstream says. And I get it. Right. But I started to think about that as like, no, this is what the legacy institutions say, because right. Oliver Anthony is the real mainstream. Right. Look at this movie, The Sound of Freedom. Right. Mm. The Sound of Freedom, which was made by. Angel Studios. I had never heard of Angel Studios. Beat Mission Impossible in, at the box office, which was put out by Paramount, uh, right? I don't even think was reviewed by the so-called mainstream institutions. How does that happen? I think one of the things happening is that like the real mainstream just isn't represented yeah. by a lot of places yeah, yeah, that yeah. carry brilliant. that title.
That's brilliant, Barry. I mean, yeah, it's just like these institutions never represented the interests of ordinary people. It's just before they never had an alternative. Take your medicine, eat your filthy culture. Now, because of this technology and communications miracle, it's possible to provide alternatives. That's why you have to establish a means and legitimise censorship. Otherwise, what we learn is this culture is entirely non-representative. It will atrophy and die and people will build a new culture that absolutely ignores it. What about that, mate? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Don't patronize me from probably from New York. I'm in LA actually right now. But yeah, That's I think, worse. I think... Me me and Oliver Anthony, we're in the paper mill. We are there. We are sick and tired of these cuts on our fingers, aren't we? Look at them. Ah I'm gonna need another manicure. I've not had a manicure since the beginning of the Where is my manicurist? Get this man a manicure and a facial. No, look at those soft hands. No, I, I, I look. I think the 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 we're living in this in between moment, right? Those old Joe Rogan gets more viewers, more listeners in one episode than CNN gets in a week, right? It's just like we're living in this in between time where those places still have the prestige. They often still have the means of distribution, and you have all of these things sort of popping up, new podcasts, new Substack, new newsletters, new YouTube, new rump, whatever, mm. right? And people are trying to find them. And that's the challenge, right? For people like me that sort of live on the internet, I know where to look. And I know how to sort of separate the wheat from the chaff. If you're a busy lawyer, you're a busy accountant, you're a busy doctor, you're like, I don't have time to read 20 different newsletters and listen to 20 different podcasts and like, give me one place. And that's the question, right? Is there going to be some kind of confederation between a lot of these indies? Um, you know, how, how are we going to make it more convenient for people to find? Right now, people are sort of following all of their different online senseis or online trusted sources around the internet and i think a big question is in the next five or ten years are we going to see a consolidation oh well we will all team up like the avengers justice league baby <laughs> oh you've gone alternative all right mate that's brilliant thanks for coming on here barry thanks for being so brilliant and fast and lurid and fast and vivid and quick and peculiar and strange delightful and clever it's really brilliant to talk to you you're a joy um you lot should go see barry if you're in la go see barry's event it's next wednesday go to the fp.com forward slash debates to see a proper debate about the uh, sexual revolution yeah. Thank you so much. Really, really look forward to seeing some of you there. Do you think I did quite well there, Barry, overall? Oh, no. It was quite good. Oh, no. The, 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 uh, the question in, the, Immediate the, the plug praise. in. Well, mind a bit of praise. That's mm. what me and Oliver Ant need. We just need a bit of praise. No, he doesn't need any. I just need a bit of praise. They're oh, okay. a paper mill. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Barry's pr just a professional person. Sensible. Just That's like that. Right. Okay. Well see you later, Barry. Barry. Good to well see done. you again, mate. Love to the family. There she goes. Great to see you too. She's Thank you. isn't she? She's, Bye. Uh, Hello there, you awakening wonders. I love you, and so. If you believe in free speech, standing up to power, refusing to believe their lies, and finding new truths together, then join my Awakened Wonders community on Locals by clicking the red button and subscribing for just $59.99 for the entire year. And from September the 12th, all subscribing Awakening Wonders community members will get all of the following. A weekly exclusive live post-show show with me and Gareth. That's my business. You've just gone and done that with it. Don't sniff it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta live and let live, baby! <laughs>
a weekly live podcast recording where you can submit questions directly to our guests. Is it possible for anyone left in the mainstream media to say what they think? That's from at Lorna, who's one of our followers on Locals. Um, I, I can answer that really clearly, no. You'll be able to join me and my Stay Free team for a weekly live stream team meeting where you can influence what's on that day's show. We let you right into our creative meeting every week. Join us for a walk with Bear where I muse on what's happening in life, reflect on nature and our deep power while wandering with my familiar. He's a good boy in he does. In order to spiritually evolve and truly become awakened, you're going to need bespoke, particular, specific guided meditations. And I do them every week with members of our Awakening Wonder community. Twice a year, we do specials that are available only to our Awakened Wonder community. Like this one. Once you've got kids, you might as well go camping, because your holidays are going to be shit anyway. <laughs> Also, you're going to receive invitations to our in-person secret meetup. Wherever I am in the world, you can join the secret underground Awaken Wonder community. That could be in the US, UK, Canada and Australia. I'm booked to come to all those countries. If you're with us, we'll meet you there on the lowdown. Don't tell anybody. You have to be a subscribing Awakened Wonder to do this. Finally, and with a good degree of due dignity. The first 1,000 people who subscribe after September the 12th for the new price of $59.99 will receive an exclusive free gift, a pair of my Awakened Wonder underpants. Hallelujah. Click that red button now and join our movement. Bathe in the rapture. Become an Awakened Wonder today. And people say this is like a cult. Many switch in, switch on, switch off, many switch in, switch on, switch off, switch on.